0: Welcome to the Appalachian Timber Ghost Outdoor Adventures Podcast. We're going to talk hunting, fishing, and everything outdoors. So pull up a seat and enjoy our campfire stories. Thanks for joining us. Hey everybody, what's going on? Thanks for joining me. It's much appreciated. Apologize once again for the delay. Actually, you know what kind of sucks? I actually had uh, a couple episodes recorded and ready for publish and uh one of them i did right before fourth of july weekend and uh you know i would mentioned like have a great weekend and all that and for me to put it out after fourth of july would be kind of nonsensical so i'm gonna have to redo it it's funny because uh i had a couple episodes done and i just kept redoing them i think i was trying to perfect them too much. Um, But it is what it is. And we're going to put on a show for you today. Once again, you're going to have to listen to me babble. I think I talked about in the last podcast about reaching high for the stars. and just trying to acquire guests that were probably out of my reach. (laughs) But hey, it's always worth a try, you know. I always try to get some great guests. I love the guests I've had on so far this year. But I was really going for the star power uh, the last time out so but a lot going on uh, just got my crab pot for crabbing bought one from Cabela's, it was like 50 bucks we used to go, me and a friend of mine used to go down to Chincoteague, Virginia check out the uh, you know the horses and we used to go to this campground Tom's Cove and I apologize about the audio as well. I'm driving again. Been so busy. Uh, it's been ridiculous. Last night I wanted to get down and uh, there's deer all over the place right now. It's amazing. Usually the time I leave for work, it's it's like a quarter to five right now in the morning. So the deer around my neighborhood are just... They're, they're crossing through the fields and all that. But yeah, back to the, uh, cra- the crab crabbing you know uh, we used to go down to Virginia and we used to catch crabs and his father would cook them up we used to use those little collapsible like crab traps Um, you know the cheap ones like two rings with like a net put the bait in the middle when you lift it up the sides come up around the, the crab and they really can't get out but i've been having such a hankering for like fish oh my god and uh i was you know i was fortunate enough to get out striper fish i caught a nice catfish but i've been eating a lot of venison and my wife cooks up she makes amazing meatballs but i was having this thing with fish it was like oh my god and a couple weeks ago at work one of the guys they were like, oh, we go out for fish once in a while. And they came down, they asked me, and I was going to decline. because he was walking away, I noticed the menu in his hand like, had fish on it. I was like, wait a minute. I was like, Are you going for fish? And I got a fish fry with onion rings, and it was so good. But I can't stop. You know, when my wife asked me the other day. She was like, oh, God, you want, want me to take some meat out? And I was just like, nah. So... I wanted crab, so I've been watching. You know, I did it like you know, dabbled in it when I was younger, like with my buddy. And you go down to Virginia, you buy some squid, you put the squid on, and you, we were pretty successful at that. But you know, jump, jump. Thirty years later, wow, it sounds insane to say that. And uh, I wanted to do it and get my own crabs. But i wanted to be a little more serious than like the little collapsible traps not that they're not good enough but i figured you know like let's say i went exclusively like, on a camp out or something like i could soak it for quite a while and have get quite a bit of crap in one shot especially if i bring out my kayak or something so i've been like doing my homework on the crabs and stuff like that not that i really didn't know how to catch it but it's just like, if I could come... If there's more knowledge out there, I'm willing to take it into my brain. So yeah, I bought this crab pot for like 50 bucks. Got it yesterday. Delivered to the house. And super excited about it. It's cool. And uh, the one thing I did learn about... And that's the thing, like... I've always said on my other podcasts, man. If you don't know something, call DEC. and Probably should be brushing up every year because stuff changes, but... The one thing i was reading about is like these turtle excluders with the terrapin turtles i guess they would go into crab pots can't get out and if you soak them for a long time the turtles drown you know and i i, I don't i'm not sure i i, I don't want to say for sure but you know maybe they're a threatened species or something i don't know but either way The focus for these turtle excluders is on the Terrapin turtle. So I tied my turtle excluders in because it came with it, which I thought was really cool. You know, and uh, I guess because of the regulations in state to state. uh, Because I was thinking to myself, well, why don't they just, you know, it seemed like a lot of states, at least on the East Coast here, it seems to have that rule. So it's kind of like, why don't we just make the traps with the turtle excluder but i get it if i guess if there's no law on it why why bother but at the same time i don't know i mean maybe you get bigger bigger crabs but i guess they said you'll get all your legal size crabs into that turtle excluder hole so we'll find out and i guess if i go somewhere where i don't need it i can pull them off but hey, this is something. If, if any of you guys are like crabbers or whatever, please comment or you know hit me up on Facebook or Instagram, Appalachian Timber Ghost Outdoor Adventures, or Glenn Russell. <laughs> hit me up on my regular one. Um, curious to know. And me and a buddy were like talking about this weekend. My buddy Joe. I believe it was Joe I hit up on it with cuz he was pretty much the only guy we had contact with at my other job I work on the weekends now for the summer. But could you catch shrimp in the, you know, crab trap? You know, I wonder if like these crab traps are multifunctional cuz Yeah, forget it. Maybe it wasn't Joe, but we were talking about like, you know, you look at these traps and they look like a lobster trap and you wonder if like other things can get in there, and you could use it because there's also. This is what I wanted you guys. If you if you know the answer to this, and I'll look into it today. But the turtle excluders that come with it are like these uh, rectangular plastic pieces, and you zip time to the hole. But there's the same kind of orange plastic already is on the crab trap. and around holes i don't know maybe it's for fish to get be able to get out that's the only thing i could think of or is it like there's another function to the trap i'm probably going to say it's for fish to get out so this way it's like you know you don't have that bycatch kind of a deal going on because i did watch videos of uh people down in chesapeake bay crabbing and uh they actually caught like fish and, and edible fish, and it was funny the one, <laughs> the one uh, video I watched. It was this girl who was one of the hosts on the show, and she was like, "Cool, this will be great to have with the crab." And the one guy he pulls the you know the crabs out, and then he tosses the fish back. <laughs> she was kind of like, w- "What's up with that?" But uh, guess they weren't eating that fish, <laughs> and I guess it was a good good eating fish out of the ocean. I forget what kind of fish it was, but I was kind of like, just shook my head like, oh, man. Because probably not every day you're going to catch fish in your your crab trap. But then again, now that I say that, I'll probably get all sorts of species in my crab traps. As long as there's not like eels and stuff like that, which I'm sure I'll probably get something going on that I don't want. But yeah i'm pretty excited because uh me and my wife were going up to the cape and uh want to do a little shore fishing and uh, if there's like a dock around i'd love to throw my crab trap in for a couple hours the only thing i was thinking about it yesterday was were staying at like a bed and breakfast kind of deal and uh you know i had this great idea of like oh i'm gonna bring Bring a pot with me to cook, you know, whatever I get up. But then I was like, I also probably have to bring like something to actually boil the pot. So that's kind of uh, kind of throw me a little bit of a curveball, because you know, depending on what what kind of uh, burner I'm I gonna take, and like what we're taking, what car we're taking, even for that matter know my wife probably doesn't want me to have tons of crap in the car (laughs) Um, but yeah it's kind of funny we were talking about you know this is another thing i I thought was interesting i just got my kayak i've been out once kind of disappointed i haven't been out again but we've been getting so much rain and, and thunderstorms not just rain it's like you can't go out because of the thunderstorm lightning deal. Uh, yesterday, where I striper fished down by the river, Koksaki, New York, they got hammered. A buddy of mine took pictures. and I mean, it, it looked like a mini, it, pro- it probably did. There's probably like a microburst or something went through the area. But I mean, it just tore trees down and power lines. And from what he said, he lives out there. He said it could be a while before to get power back. So I was like, wow. know, and I know my hometown down south a little more in Dutchess County, New York, they got hammered down there, so, you know, one thing, it's like, I'm not one of these uh, global warming freaks by any, any, any means, but, you know, I guess we can honestly say it seems like storms have been, like, all over the place, have just been ramping up. You're seeing more and more like, you know, tornadoes and microbursts. And uh, you almost wonder if it is part of that global warming thing where maybe we're going to experience some kind of. Because even I talked to a buddy of mine out in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, and he said, I guess there's major heat like he's never seen, and kind of like drought. You know, like he was talking about uh, the amount of snow they get up there. If any of you are familiar with Steamboat, popular ski location. It's up in the high peaks of the Rocky Mountains. And uh, he said, I mean, for us, like to hear the amount of inches for snowfall, it's still like mind-blowing, but he said for him he's been out there Probably close to 30 years now, and he was like, it was really nothing. Like the snow was just something was up. So it's been interesting. I was telling a guy at work yesterday, too. He's big outdoorsman. Love to have him on the show. This guy is cool. He, you know, Brian. Brian, if you listen, shout out, man. He's done a lot of what, like, hunting out west. Love to listen to his stories and wealth of knowledge for a good old boy from upstate New York. But we were talking, I was telling him about, I saw on the, some, It's on the internet, but where some big lake up in the Antarctic or something drained out. I mean, it was big. They show like the satellite pictures before and after. And I guess they said it, some kind of fissure or either opened or something happened where it just, let the water right into the ocean and now they're wondering because this happened in this particular area could chunks of like uh, you know ground, I don't know the terminology you want to use it but basically glaciers on the earth like on land that could possibly move and go into the ocean which would be like really raise the water levels and I get that, like here's the deal I don't know if i've ever said it before but i get the whole thing with like the water water levels rising and but you got it. here's the deal <laughs> and, uh, and it, I, this is my always my argument and i'm not claiming to be some scientist but i think i like to just go from the common sense thing and what it's my hypothesis obviously there's global warming because there was an ice age at one point. <laughs> so, you know. So it's been melting ever since. Then you've heard of scientists who... You know, you look back to the Pleistocene and... Uh, all different eras where... Obviously, the Earth at that one point was almost like a tropical kind of a deal. You know, and the dinosaurs... And even after that. You know, up to like 10,000 years ago. When a lot of these... You know, just on in America, the stuff that went extinct, saber-tooth and the mastodon and the woolly mammoth. But, you know, like, at one point, there was a global warming. And then they say, like, then an ice age happened. I think it's just cycles of the Earth. It takes so long. That's the deal. Like, we'll never see it. And I know that... I know when i bring that up like anybody who is into the global warming will be like hey we're trying to slow the rate (laughs) it's like but once again i go back to mother nature will flick us off like a fly we're like a fly on its ass and uh do i think that we actually could speed up the process absolutely i've also said you know like maybe the fact that we move so much earth you almost wonder if that could do something to the uh you know how the angle of the axis, you know, that we sit on. And I said years ago I used to call it a global push. Or a seasonal push. Because of what's going on with the world. Like you might start seeing, you know, maybe winter going more into summer. And vice versa. Maybe, you know, like even you see it like where summer goes more into the winter months that we expect. But then the last, I don't know, maybe decade, because I've been saying it for a long time, but the last decade or so, it's like we have gotten good snowfall. I mean, there was a, probably five years ago, it's like I was plowing every weekend. We had crap loads of snow. It was ridiculous. But then again, could it? You know, like I said, could it have something to do with, you know, weather patterns? And we just happen to get those cold, cold days and lots of precipitation to go with it. It's kind of cool too. It's kind of going with the crabbing and the global, uh, the warming. <laughs> like I said, I'm not an expert on any of this crap at all. I just like to sometimes talk about it. And and here's the deal. God, I almost hate to say this it sounds ignorant but it's like I almost don't care you know it's like I said because I think we're just such a small part of I mean here's the deal I try not to litter. I'm all about like that kind of crap you know I've seen pictures of you know I've been getting back into ice fishing I see all the garbage these people leave behind on the ice it's like ridiculous like what a bunch of idiots you know and I've had friends where they pick up after these people that's the thing when it melts Especially, I'm sure, these hot spots. I listen to a lot of the ice fishing shows, and you know, up on Sack and all these hot ice fishing destinations. Like, it, you get so many people, you get that kind of behavior, you know. And I hate to call certain, certain people out on it, but... yeah, I shouldn't even. I won't. <laughs> but, uh... Anyways, like, I was going to get into it, uh... The global warming thing—it's kind of cool. My cousin's daughter got a grant. I never—it's funny. I always knew she was kind of into the environment, um, a little bit. I knew she like you know liked to travel, but she got a grant from the Nature Conservancy uh, to do studies on. Seagrass, I believe it is. I gotta look into it again. Love to talk to her about it. So next time I see her, I should be actually seeing her. I'm hoping in a couple of weeks. Um, definitely want to pick her brain, and maybe I'll have her on. That'd be cool. This you way know, you don't have to listen to me babbling away. But it, I guess the studies should be under a mentor on. Uh, How seagrass is, and I get this, like I said, going back to me, I'm not an expert, but I'm going to put common sense to it because we know trees take in, I think it's the CO2 and then release it as oxygen. Uh, The study would be about, you know, the seagrass, how important they are to create the oxygen and, you know, kind of help out on that global warming deal. But also, when I read into it, I don't know if it was about, I Think I read into it. I think I went into like there was a a link. But they were also talking about methane that's created from this, which I guess almost, I'm almost, I believe I'm correct on it, reverses that. So it's almost like a this push and pull. Where I, I almost wonder, I'd love to like said pick her brain on it. I, I wonder if that creates a a deal where there's almost no effect maybe it you know, balances out its own you know waste that it creates and it'll be interesting to see her studies on that but when I was reading into it going back to the crabs <laughs> oh this is a good one it said that global warming because the water warming up is great for blue crab reproduction. <laughs> so, but then again, you know, hey, if you have more blue crabs, what's the reverse effect on other things, you know? I do realize there is that. But hey, how can you deny having a better crabbing? You know, I don't know how commercial fishermen. I'm actually going to check out some videos on that today if I have any free time. But, like, have they seen a decline? I, and I, I did, when I was looking at, like, oh crab, blue crab fishing, I did stumble across a couple where they were talking about, you know, where they had hard years of crabbing and possibly, you know, throwing it back to the environment. But, uh, you know, it's kind of, kind of a bittersweet thing because, like you said, it's, it's good for the crab but bad for the environment or bad for us. Like I said, Mother Nature is going to do... Even if we are extinct, <laughs> that thing going to be floating around in space. <laughs> you know, that the Earth has been through a lot. And it was funny because I did look into the Pleistocene uh, stuff yesterday. Because I was, you know, curious about certain things. And it's amazing how many of these animals they found out in, like, uh, these tar pits in, in California. I think it's just outside of L.A. But like a whole bunch of different species of animals in this one area. It's really wild. It's just amazing. The stuff that's not around anymore. But here's the deal. like Going back, are you going to blame that on humans and global warming? I don't think so. Today, actually, I want to research if I, with the other stuff I was talking about. You know, I really don't know. Like, how did the extinction happen? Was it because of an ice age? I don't know. But mammoths, you know, when you look at them, how hairy they are, you think they would be built for the cold weather. But I guess if there's nothing to eat, that's a problem. (laughs) So. But, yeah, just really excited to go crabbing, man. Oh, my God. But I saw these guys, they take out... Uh, the pots on their kayaks. Oh, that's right. This is something I want to talk about. But like I said, I'm new, at, I'm new at the kayaking thing, so I don't know if I'm ready to brave the ocean. Especially, the one thing I, you know, somebody who's got kayak experience would probably tell me, because I see these guys with the sea kayaks. You know, it's like, maybe my sit-on-top's not ideal for going out in the ocean. <laughs> but that's right. Going back to talking to this guy, Brian, he was saying that people will take their rod out deep offshore in their kayak, drop the line down and, you know, the kayak back in the pole and, and sit on the surf. Thought that was pretty interesting to get your your bait out farther into the ocean. But going back to, like, me not being the greatest kayaker yet. And I was watching videos on shark attacks on kayakers. I even saw one with an alligator attack a guy down in Florida. And it knocked him right into the water. And I, I thought, this is going to be really bad. Oh, man. Like, I, I'm i starting to... It's so funny. The older I get, the more I think about bad shit. <laughs> Like, it's probably not good because it's going to stop me from doing things. Even all this year, striper fishing in the spring when the the weather started getting warmer. After doing that rattlesnake podcast and just thinking about venomous snakes, I can't tell you how hyper hyper vigilant I was at watch where I was walking. Because I'm like, the last thing I want to do is get bit by, like, a copperhead or a rattlesnake. And I've been looking into, like, you know, the copperheads and I... I mean, don't get me wrong. They could kill you. <laughs> but um, I guess they were saying it's not as bad, you know. But you can't just be like, shake it off and be like, I'll be fine. Because I saw where a guy, he had he was in the hospital for weeks, and, and the bite area did not look good. And I had a friend of mine that was bit by a rattlesnake here in New York many years ago. They had to fly him down to the, I, think, I believe they flew him to like the Bronx Zoo or something to get the antivenom and uh he had major like muscle loss where they carved stuff cuz was all it, all his his stuff died all his flesh and he showed me his arm and it was like oh my god like there's no you know like we you know we caught ourselves and we might get a little scar like this was major damn like major muscles missing it was like holy shit not good man but yeah so I'm really psyched about Doing a little crabbing. Also, <laughs> I'm torn like an old sweater, man. I'm at that part of the year, and oh my god, I'm not rushing to get to winter. Now you're starting to see some nice bucks in velvet. I saw a couple dandies already. So you start to get psyched about deer hunting. I mean, the summer's fla- flown by so far. You know, here we are in July. And it feels like I just came out of the winter. Um, I think it's the older... You know, we talk about it, the older we get. It seems like you blink decades like they're weeks. But I want to get my jet sled, you know, finished off. I just have a, I just have to buy the lithium battery for the most part. And then do a video on to wrap that up. If any of you guys check my YouTube channel out. I, uh modified a jet sled like a towing sled i used to use it for deer hunting to get deer out of the woods um but i got back into ice fishing after at least 25 years and we were half assers back in the day and you walk out like a five gallon buck with some tip-ups in it and a case of beer (laughs) it's like so uh You know, now with the shanties and all. I mean, granted, it wasn't like there was no shanties back then. But like I said, as kids, it was more just, you know, we thought we were really serious. But let's face it, you know. I remember when I was, even when I was a kid, my buddy Ryan, he would have talked about his family going up to Lake George and having these tow-out ice houses, you know. And now now that I'm into it, and this year I've done a lot of research, it's like amazing, these, these ice castles, they call them that they have. They're like trailers you pull out and they put skis under the wheels. And uh even some of lower right to the ice. You know, it's amazing. Like you live in the thing in luxury. Satellite TV. I want that's a bucket list thing I wanna to do too. Don't know if I'll be able to squeak it in this year. I had Hunter Padden out on this uh podcast and I would Bucket list fear would be for me to go check them out racing up in like Minnesota, and do some ice fishing on like Millax. <laughs> uh, it'd be really cool. But yeah, going back to that, like I'm kind of psyched to get out in the ice um, and deer hunt. But I don't want to rush the uh, the summer away because, like I said, you know, I, I want to do the crabbing. It's the first time I've taken a vacation during the summer. Usually I'm a fall, you know, hit the rates while they're cheaper. But I told my wife, I was like, I kind of want to go while it's all in season, you know, you can do cool stuff like fishing and crabbing and have the restaurants where they're all open. You have a good choice of restaurants. We used to go to Maine a lot of times, like half the seafood you wanted, they didn't have. Or they were really closed. Any food, for that matter, because some of them were literally closed down for the for the season. You know, especially in Maine, you know, you're going to get some harsh winters, and they probably figured they're not going to cater to snowmobile guys. But uh-huh. just really stoked about getting out there, and doing this crabbing thing. Yeah, usually I do the game warden things. I haven't really looked into any any kind of stories. I probably did, but you forget it. It's kind of like telling me a joke. <laughs> I hear a good joke, but then 20 minutes later, I couldn't tell you that joke. And that's the thing that's hard for me doing this out of my out of my car on the way to work. I don't have any, like, show notes in front of me or bullets to hit upon. I always have great ideas after the fact, but then, like that's what happened with these other episodes that I kind of kind of just going to go to the wayside I did two two episodes in the last couple of weeks I wish I had published them but like I said I kind of dated myself with the before July 4th deal and uh, but I was thinking about stuff later on you know I'm like oh, I wish I had talked about that even me and Joe I do a little bit of security work on the weekends during the summer I kind of that's the thing too. I kind of signed my summer away for the money. And I I've been lately I've been talking about this guy's book, Mark, or just the quotes he he like stuff he says on Facebook about I think I mentioned in the last podcast, you know, we weren't born to, you know, just work and die. <laughs> but I you know, as much as I've been stressing that, it's like I've been doing it. <laughs> but I have to say I did the most fishing in years this year. I mean, I was out striper fishing like every day. Then I got out there a couple, a few times trout fishing, and I'll get back out there again. I want to hit some bass, do some videos on bass fishing. Got this new little management area DC has. It's probably a half hour from my house. Going out west, very rural area. But i see a lot of kayakers on it and i'd like to hit, hit that with my kayak and do some fishing i've also been talking about but see like i said the summer's been going so quick going up to the adirondacks and doing some fishing up there but being that i just got the kayak this year and you know the summer's going so quick i think i have to plan better and just just do it at the beginning of the season. But if I do get out this year up to the Adirondacks, it'll be a bonus. I'm trying to think what else I'd want to hit upon. I'm try- You know what the funny thing is? I'm trying to think of what I probably had in the other podcasts I'm not talking about now. <laughs> it's, that's what it says. If I don't have the show notes in front of me, which a lot of times I do, I have my little laptop up. I can hit upon all my bullets and not leave stuff out. And that's what happens. I'll, I'll hit stop on this, on the recording, and it'll be like, oh, man, I should have talked about that. Oh, one thing. Uh, no, this doesn't apply if you're listening out of state. But state of New York, D.C. just... Uh, that's the Department of Environmental Conservation that people might be wondering what that is. Um, they just purchased... I think two two things of land. But I think it's like 1,200 acres for multiple use for fishing and hunting and stuff like that. That is awesome. Because you get worried. You know, I've, I've seen a couple articles around the United States where, you know, they're talking about getting rid of properties and giving less access to people. Like, I was just... I know I talk about this guy a lot, but... I'm a huge fan man Steven Rinella I just started reading his book uh, American Buffalo and he talks about like the access to to the unit that he had to go buffalo hunting or bison I should say Uh, I guess it's owned by they're a corporation I guess but they're it's like Indian Properties and at one point they're like yeah you can't you can't cross and, and the thing is you have to access this unit i guess from the river but you have to find out you got to do your homework oh I just passed a huge buck <laughs> nice that's the advantage of being getting up early two nice bucks actually and there's a doe right here but yeah um he had to do his homework to get through a buffer zone to get to the property, the unit that he was hunting. Then I guess he just was talking about this on his last podcast, actually. He taught, he brought it up, and I thought it, it was cool to hear about it because right now I'm reading the book, and I got far enough into it where I know what he's talking about. I guess they, they had done away with that where they were, you could buy like a permit. Let's say it was a thousand bucks to cross these properties and I guess to make the access easy I guess you would you'd fast that thousand up but it would suck if you're on a budget you know I mean that hunt would probably cost you at the minimum a lot of money anyways but if you if you wanted to save another grand you know like the fact who knows how to get to these buffer zones what a, more of a pain in the ass it could be but from what he was saying I believe is they, they did away with it again they're like back to the old ways so you know that being a, a, a huge hurdle over and I guess from what he says that's not even the biggest hurdle he says I guess it's hard just to see these things anyways once you get to where once you get to where you can access the hunting I guess it's not like, you know, eh, it's plentiful. Or maybe it is, but you gotta be in the right place at the right time. Probably a lot of scouting and moving around. I did wanna do like a bucket list uh, hunt this year. The Probably the most reachable one I may be able to do is uh, the Sika deer down in Maryland. I got to reach out to my cousin. He lives out in uh, California, and he's quite the avid hunter. He travels a lot up up like Colorado, Montana, up in those areas. He does a lot of mule deer hunting. So I'd reached out to him the first time in like 25 years. I used to, I lived with him for a short time out in Arizona in Phoenix. Him and his brother, God rest his soul, my cousin James. Um, they owned the pizza place I lived with them and worked there. I was probably 20 years old, 19 or 20. But, uh, even back then, like it was cool. You know, I, I hadn't seen him since we were kids and we were both hunters and we had a lot in common, but then like, you know, you lose track of people, you know, the distance between us, but I finally, I, I reached out to him. I, you know, I got his phone number off our aunt and he hasn't missed a step with the hunting, which is cool, and uh, he was talking about, he has a friend that he met out in the outback of the woods up out west, I think maybe, I don't know if he said Montana or, you know, somewhere out there, but he met this guy like out in the woods, became friends, he said it was the most peculiar way to meet somebody, but they've kept in contact and have gone on hunts, and this guy, because he's from Maryland, he was talking about my cousin going out and they hunt these deer. And I've watched that on the on the meat eater. It's, it seems like a cool kind of hunt because they're in the marshes, I guess, you know, all the wetlands. So I would love to do that and maybe meet up with him. So I'm gonna pick his brain if he's heading out there this year. You know, I think that's a reachable hunt for me with as far as financial, I could just drive down there you know, Maryland, I could probably be there within at least six hours. That might even that might be more than, you know, I might be able to get down there quicker, but I'd say safely six hours. Because, like, I, I've been preaching, you know, do stuff while you can. That's even why, like, one of the crabbing things. You know, I, I remember I used to do it back in the day and. I just love being able to catch stuff and eat it. I'm actually probably going to try the river. Because I know they say, you know, the crabs are like in the estuaries. And I guess they go closer to the ocean to lay their eggs. And I guess for the most part they do spend their lives in rivers and, you know, outside of the ocean. But I think it was Joe we was talking about last week. He's like, oh, I wouldn't eat anything. Even my buddy Ted... When I caught that catfish while striper fishing. It was so good. I mean it's delicious. But people are all freaked out about the PCBs and the Hudson. And I guess the fact, you know, they're kind of the bottom feeders. But here's the deal, man. It's not like I'm subsist subsistence uh ugh, subsistence living off these things where I'm eating it every day. And I've talked about it before too, with the pandemic. I've reached a p- part where it's like, you know what? Life's too short, man, to be worrying about crap. You know, I'm going to worry about a virus killing me when I when I, I can hole up, never do another thing in my life, worried about trying to uh, evade a, a virus. And next thing they tell me I have cancer, I'm going to die. Get the hell out of here, man. That's the deal. It's like live life. You know? That catfish... That Cajun catfish I cooked up was awesome. And I actually... I always want to go out and do that. And I might. That's what I might do. I have some bait. I froze up. I might literally... uh, throw that crab pot out. You know, maybe low tide or something. Or on the way... Maybe on the outgoing tide. That's where... See, that's where the kayak would come in good. But... You know, do that, and then I catfish at the same time. I know it used to be a catfish derby, too, on the Hudson. It used to be, I believe it was in July. I haven't really been, like I said, I've been working so much that uh, I haven't seen any of the signs for it. Then you got to wonder, like, I know they there was that big coyote contest New York used to hold. And Steve Rinell has talked about this on the Meat podcast. He talked about it, literally our our derby where all the antis, they, they fought it and uh, they can't have like competitions on it. It's totally bullshit. <laughs> you know? Guys are going out to, uh, coyote hunting anyways. And I know a couple of guys last year... They bagged, they bagged over 100 coyote. Brian Rush. Rush calls. I want to try his calls out. Because I'm about due to buy a new turkey call. I'm, I usually get away with having my turkey calls for a long time. What I'll do is put them in the fridge with in water. And every once in a while, I'll put like a little bit of mouthwash in with it to give it that good minty taste and to kill any kind of bacteria that might live in it. But I've, I've been fortunate enough to have like calls for years and they work good cuz I know those things dry out the latex and that's the end of those but he's like a local New York guy and uh, I'm definitely gonna try his calls you know support local man hey hit up our Wild Kingdom soap we have an unscented great for uh, keeping the scent elimination down for when you hunt Check us out on uh, Facebook and Instagram, Wild Kingdom Soap. It's funny. This is kind of off topic from hunting and fishing and outdoors, but... Um, But not really, because like I said, buy our soap. It's all naturally made, palm oil. Vegan. (laughs) So if you have a vegan wife or whatever... My wife is a vegetarian. She was vegan at one point, but... uh, She was definitely she works out a lot and she she tried it for a little while and her energy was just way down so she decided to not do that anymore my wife loves animals we're like a totally opposite pair it's crazy she loves animals and i want to eat them um but yeah go back to the soap it's like all this crap that's going on right now with everything you know the wood's expensive um we called for supplies and uh our soap making supplies went up 40 percent man 40 percent and that was the cool thing like if anybody's ever seen these natural soaps they're not cheap man we've seen them upwards of 30 13 dollars for a bar me and my wife were always like that's ridiculous but she was shocked and she was bummed out you know during another administration, I won't mention which one. I literally lost my business because of our policies of letting people in the country. Um, that's what I. That's what I feel was a big part of it. I was in the labor, and you know, I did wallpaper and painting, and it just got to a point where you know I couldn't compete. But, anyways. know i said you know if if it's too expensive and people don't buy we're gonna have to shut the business down she got really upset and i feel bad for her but i've been through this you know like that's why i work for the state now and i needed a more secure job but you know we had to raise our prices for soap you can still get our old prices but you got to buy you know a bit of soap so that's that's the deal with that you know we, we give deals you know like if you buy so many bars you can get them for, you know, I believe it's, like, the cheapest I think we can do is five bucks a bar. Our soap's awesome, now. I love our soap. Even my, I have good friends, like, they buy from us now. They love the soap. Cause it, especially if you've got hard water, this stuff lathers in the hardest of water. But, yeah, it was funny because uh, this crap, you know, with everything, even with the bullets, I mean, you know, I... I had to utilize my law enforcement thing to get bullets at, because it was one box. And I told the guy, I said, dude, I got to qualify, man. I said, this is kind of crazy for me to have to buy one box and then hope hope there's, like, bullets the next day. And the guy was really cool. He's pro-law enforcement. And uh, he gave me, he goes, take what you need, man. He goes, I totally get it. And he just the one thing he said to me, he's like, tell your friends to come and buy their ammo off of me. <laughs> so that's easy. I've told people to go there, you know. That's an easy thing for me to do. You know, I, I I told him. I showed him my badge and stuff. I wasn't bullshitting. But it's just ridiculous. got a, a friend of mine here at work. He just got into, like, he bought, you know, his first 12-gauge. and He bought, like, turkey rounds. Like, I think four-shot. I forget what he paid. I think 50 bucks or something for a box. It was like, oh, my God. I remember buying boxes like that for $10. It's just absurd to me. And the problem is, like, you remember when Obama got in and everything went through the roof? Like, it's not like stuff's going to go back down. You remember my the, the uh, copper solids Remington made, the Sabots. I used to pay, I think, seven bucks, and it went up to sixteen. It was crazy, man. Just insane. So hopefully, you know, I'm hoping some stuff goes back down. You know. Um, the wood stuff is ridiculous. Had a couple projects, I put them on hold, man, in hopes that it might maybe it'll go down. But you know, there's certain people out there saying it will. Because I wanted to get my tiny boat project done. Because I've been looking at that stupid thing, and I have to get it done. I got to get, you know, I do have enough, I think, to finish my rod lockers. And so, if any of you watched, actually, you know what? I didn't publish any of those videos, so I can't even say I'm the one who's watched them. <laughs> I kind of wanted to make sure I had the series together and then I would be able just to get the content out because I haven't really posted any videos in probably a month or so. When I bought my kayak, I, I found a good kayak hack for the lifetime angler. Um, because if you put stuff in the hatch, it'll roll around in the hull of the, the kayak, which is stupid. And guys who were putting like little cans and stuff down in it, but you could if you drop something to the side of the can it would be in the hall and you'd be screwed. So check out my paint can hatch. Paint can fit perfectly. Well, I'm at work. I've been at work for like five minutes. I got to get in. I would love to sit and just bullshit. But I do have some guests lined up. I kind of got off my ass and reached out to some people. Uh, my buddy, Joe. We were at, I think I was talking about that before. We're... We're going to do it, maybe try to do a podcast together. We were going to do it last weekend. So I was going to put that episode I told you I had to scratch because it was before 4th of July. And I was within the week going to hit another one up. But I I didn't have, like I said, I like to be a little structured with my podcast and have everything in front of me. I told Joe, I was like, maybe I'll come up with something tonight. But, you know, we work a lot. And uh, I got back. I stay at my mother's house from my other job. I got home and I was shot. And I just went right to bed. I didn't. So maybe I'll have to put something together for me and Joe to talk about. For this weekend. But guys, that's it. Thanks for listening. If you made it this far, it's much appreciated. It's cool to see that people are still listening. Even though I haven't put out any content. So... People are finding my, my podcast, and that's awesome. And like I said, if you, if you can help me out on that crab trap thing with the round holes, I'm probably sure it's probably for fish to get out. But it also, if you can use it for other, uh, you know, like what's the difference between a shrimp pot and if lobster may, might even go into it. I don't know how it all works. Reach out to me. All right, guys. Peace out. On the field, and then the barrels, and the field, and then 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 the